Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Chris Morphew. I'm an author, youth group leader, and school chaplain here in Sydney, Australia. And as always, joining me from Melbourne is author, speaker, and youth leader, Tom French. How you going, Tom? I am well. Thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm I am a shell of a man slowly <laughs> filling back up with I was going to say filling back up with meat again, but that's probably not the way I want to describe myself. Filling myself back up with energy. I'm going to Yeah. We don't do redos on this podcast, but if we did, that'd be one of them. Um, as uh, faithful listeners of the podcast will know, I spent last week running a long daycare hours kids program with the 150 primary mm. school aged children, which was fantastic, but also uh, fairly exhausting. So I'm still recovering from that as we record, um, which you may hear in our interview today, Tom. Yes. You, you may hear a, a bit of a lack of pizzazz from me, um, but I don't know, maybe I covered it up because do you, you know what today is, Tom? D- what, uh, I mean, Monday. It's, oh, don't spoil the magic, Tom. It's Wednesday. <laughs> no, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, which means it's our 24th birthday. What? 24. That's and a huge. It's so huge that we are bringing you listeners as our birthday gift to you a bumper double length episode of the yes. show. Yes. See what I did there, Tom? We went yeah. overtime in the interview and it's instead of being a mistake, now it's a gift to the listener. A, yeah. We could uh chop it in half and then charge people double for it. Like Harry Potter Part One and Part Two, but oh, um, and like the new Spider Verse movie that I just saw. What? Um, it's two parts. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't watched it yet because uh, you know we discussed this as well. You have that's child. <laughs> but uh, oh man, I mean, I'm excited. I'm still excited for it though. It's good. I maybe wait and watch the first one right before the second one comes out. That's, maybe something. I will. Maybe I will. Anyway, Chris, we're I'm, not going to play that dirty trick on you, listeners. No. We're going to give you all the goods right up front. And what goods do we have today, Tom? We have an interview with Pre Shumagun, who is the youth pastor at MBM Rudy Hill. I believe uh, it's pronounced uh, Shumagun. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I if I got it wrong, I apologize. I've, I'm not confident. We did have a whole conversation about it, but I don't think that's actually in the recording of the interview. But before yeah. we recorded the interview, which was before we recorded this intro, Pre did tell us how to say his name, and I'm not confident that either of us nailed it. But Pre, I'm sorry. Please write us an email at Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast at gmail.com to tell us if who got it the most right so that we can <laughs> gloat next week. Thank you. Um, or just I yeah. assume you have Tom's mobile number. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. No, Facebook. We're not even... Uh, oh. No, don't... No. We just messaged You're old, man. Facebook. Come on. Yeah. I'll, I'll reach Send out him to him my thread. <laughs> next time. I will. I'll do that. I don't Chris, think you can direct message there, on threads. I wanted um, to tell you something. Yep. Uh, actually, I've got two things I wanted to tell you. One... Yes. Is that I read your most recent book, How Can I Feel Closer to God? Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Look, uh, I had a really, I had a good time. 
It's a good book. My only problem with it, as I was reading it, I was like, look, this uh, this stuff, it's some really good practical advice on how I could feel closer to God. But as as a 40-year-old man with a two-year-old daughter, there mm. wasn't a lot of advice for me. Like when I'm when I've got inconsistent sleep, I don't know when I'm waking up in the mornings. I'm like, this, this, there's not advice in this. It's like it's written for young people. Like for, it is like it's written yeah, for young people, like, isn't it? It's like if I was 13, this would be the perfect book for me. But it's like I just feel left out by your book, Chris. Oh, so. well, I apologize. Maybe you can um, start a I like this book, but I have some very niche reservations fan club with somebody else who reviewed the book recently. Her qualms <laughs> were one that I used a quote from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And oh, yeah, that's offensive. Two, yeah. that I... Um, was not cessationist enough in my theology, and I said that God could still communicate through, you know, dreams, visions, prophecy, etc. If He wants to, uh, um, yeah. but shame on me, I guess. Yep, that's a problem. But otherwise, apart from the fact that you didn't <laughs> cater to me, you catered to the people you're writing for. It well, was really yeah. good. And, oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to giving it to my Year Six crew when at Christmas time. That's going to be their Christmas gift. I. If they're listening to this, I'm sorry, I spoiled oh, no. youth group Christmas for you. But, well, um, if your youth group's anything like my youth group, they're a lot more enthusiastic about the concept of me having a podcast than they are about listening to it. <laughs> I don't think any of them ever made it to even listening to one episode, but they all did check and see if I was telling the truth about its existence <laughs> on iTunes and Spotify. So, yeah. great. Anyway. Um, and what was your other thing? Oh, yeah. No. Well, yeah. I, I mean, my other thing, well, no, just then I wanted to tell people to get your book if they oh, great. happen to know any young people, uh, which they probably won't if they listen to a youth group podcast. The other thing I wanted to tell you is that I got some information about, like, you know, the question um, which I had about, or you had about when youth group was running? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Friday. Like, yeah. Yeah. So not always Friday? Not always Friday. So um, I spoke to uh, Dr. Luth Lacabio, who is, she is like the premier historian for youth ministry in Sydney, maybe Australia, maybe the, like, no, like she's a great historian, but she focuses on youth ministry in Sydney. Um, so I asked her when youth group changed and he says, she says, sorry, in the bigger churches from the 1960s, fellowship met on Sundays and they had social nights on different nights. So it could be various nights like Friday or Saturday. And this was institutionalized uh, by John Kidson in the 70s with his funnel method that he taught in the youth workers course. And Friday night bands, fun, social at other times, discipleship groups. And so that seems to be where the change happened with like the Friday night big events where you'd attract lots of people in and mm. then you'd kind of funnel them into like more discipleship-focused stuff and that kind of set it in stone. So sometime around the 70s, it sounds like Ruth is saying. I don't think group even has yeah. a funnel. Yeah. It was, yeah, well, the funnel thing. Or is the got, funnel a metaphor, Tom? It's a metaphor. Oh, so it's not, you a you're big, not just trying to push all of our youth through a giant no, funnel? The idea is like you have a big funnel to catch as many youth as possible in your funnel. Yeah. And then they come to the big fun events and then they kind of drop off and so you until the ones who are most committed to knowing about Jesus turn up at the end of the funnel and uh, 
and that was a thing that was a thing in the 70s. And then there was like a, well, you know, backlash in the late 90s, 2000s, and Ruth can tell you all about it in all of her great research. So cool. Well, I'm glad the funnel's a metaphor because I've just jumped on Amazon to search for a giant funnel, <laughs> and even the largest of these look like they would hurt if you tried to shove uh, youth group members through it. So there you go. I can understand the backlash. Yeah. Fair enough. That's that was a big, a big problem of the seventies and eighties and nineties was shoving youth <laughs> through funnels. So, should we have said, an interview, Tom? We should have an interview. Great. Let's, do you want my transition? Yes, mode? please. I was just about to ask. <laughs> no, hold on. I got a button here. It says transition. I'm going to press it. Let's see what happens. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> 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 Well, here we are. We're at an interview. It's me, Tom, and Chris. You're here. No, you. What? You're Tom. Me, Tom. What did I say? Oh, I thought there was a comma in there. It's me, Tom, and Chris. It's me, Tom, and, and Chris, you're here. Yes. Yeah. And we're not all who's here, which is why I was confused. <laughs> I'm just excited that you're at an interview, Chris. I've done the last two all yeah, by I myself. Am. I just yeah. thought you were introducing you as me or something. But anyway, um, one thing that you'll notice, Pre, um, is that we don't really edit these. So this will all stay in. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Tom, we have a guest today. We have a guest. Yes, we have hey, um, guys. Pre Shumagan, who is the youth pastor at MBM Rudy Hill. Is that that's it? That, that's your role? That's it. Smash my last name. Oh, good. Great job on that. Good. Yeah, well done, Tom. I was nervous <laughs> yeah. for you, but you, yeah. you nailed it. Well, I, I practiced in the countdown before we started recording, so here we are. Uh, Pre, you are at MBM, Rudy Hill. What does the MBM stand for? Multicultural Bible Ministry. Oh, well, that that that's a good that's that makes sense. Because yeah, you guys yeah. are a multicultural Bible ministry, is that right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's all in the name. <laughs> and how lo- how long have you been there? Uh, it's our third year now here. So third year MBM. Yeah. So did you join mid COVID? Yep. Yep. So I joined twenty twenty one. I joined actually as not as a youth pastor, but as the uh, our Sunday gathering. So I used to oversee music and everything that was going on on Sunday. So you can imagine how crazy that's been starting out a church and running Sundays when there's no Sunday gatherings happening. <laughs> easy sounds easy uh yeah you just like yeah. turn on zoom and say off you go yeah. <laughs> oh man crazy times but yeah yeah so it was it was crazy i was trying to get to know people at like quite a large church was was a challenge yeah what were you guys doing for youth in like did you do an online version of youth group yeah yeah so um like on the friday nights we did like a live mbm youth online um you know doing the talks and then for our discussion groups and for our Bible studies, there was just Zoom uh, breakouts. Ugh. They were doing that. So I wasn't involved in that at the time. I was a youth pastor then. But, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. was going on. Mm. When, when did you Never start doing, again. doing the youth group stuff? Uh, two years now. So officially last year. But I've been involved yep. in ministry, like youth ministry, since uh, when I became a Christian, 2010. So since 2011. Um, right. Just been involved in, yeah. So officially a youth pastor for two years, but I've been doing youth ministry for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, yeah, how? so when you first started doing youth group, 
Uh, did like did you become when I I don't know where, you became a Christian in 2010. So yeah, uh, and they fed you into youth ministry fairly quickly. Yeah, I don't know if that was the wisest thing to do, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I became a Christian um, just before my 18th birthday, and um, yeah, like I mean, long story short was that I'm someone who's so like easily influenced, and a lot of the friends that I had I had like really no Christian friends. Um, and I had this one mate that I grew up in school who was a Christian and actually did follow Jesus. Uh, and so when I became a Christian, uh, he's like, hey, just come along to youth group on a Friday night, hang out with us. And that sort of got me out of the circles that I was in because every time I you know, go hang out with them, I just end up doing all things I used to do before. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's how I started youth group leading. So I don't know if it was the wisest thing, but hey, <laughs> God's gracious. And here I am. <laughs> I love that. And I like for a number of reasons. Like I think that, you know, I think we see modeled in scripture people getting from hearing the good news to sharing the good news pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we do, you know, like I'm all for doing things responsibly, but I think sometimes we do put more structures around that mm. stuff than we maybe need to. But I also just love the idea that you are a, for one of a less crass way of putting it, like a youth group success story, you know, like <laughs> you're the kid who got brought along to youth group by their youth group aged friend and then got saved. And now you're doing it. That's, I yeah. mean, praise God, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, uh, it's been great. And I, I mean, that's like one of the reasons I love youth, right? Cause I think, um, I mean, a bit of my story of how I came to know Jesus was grew up in a, in a Christian home. Uh, and so I'm a pastor's kid. So always felt the pressure to um, know all the answers. But at the same time, you know, as I started growing up and, you know, how I described was I always knew about Jesus, but it was like a distant relative, you know, like you Mm -hmm. see him at Christmas and Easter, but, you know, otherwise there's no relationship really. And um, so when I started, you know, started the whole party and all that type of stuff, I just started living these two lives and I'd be like a chameleon because, um, you know, I cared so much about what people thought about me in the different circles I was in, you know, if I'm with my friends, I'd be who they wanted me to be and then turn up to church on a Sunday and be who my parents wanted mm. me to be. And so it was just, you know, going sort of like back and forth, back and forth. Um, but I think I felt, um, you know, have the best parents ever. They're, they're lovely, but just felt like I couldn't really talk to anyone about the things that I was struggling with. And mm. I just felt like I had to, had to be the good pastor's kid. I couldn't talk to, to, to people about what's going on. I think that's my my passion for youth ministry with our kids is sort of saying like, look, we know you guys are going to struggle. You're going to have like your ups and downs, but know that this is a safe place to talk talk about things. Like we're not going to say, hey, you know, get in line, but actually, you know, Jesus calls us to come to him as we are. But the good news is that he doesn't leave us as we are. Like he transforms mm-hmm. us along the way. But sometimes, you know, for me, that was a journey along the way as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's- so good, man. I feel like we talk quite a bit on the podcast about like our youth groups being a safe space, like a safe space in a whole bunch of ways. But one of those ways, particularly being like a safe space for the kid who has grown up hearing this stuff and is, you know, doubting and questioning and whatever to bring all of that out rather than feeling like they need to, you know, kind of just toe the line. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The good, pastor's man. kids sometimes the ones that need the space to not be a Christian, so mm. but still be loved in a Christian community, which mm. can be a bit harder when your family's around. Um, or even just to not be sure, you know, even just to too, be yeah. working it all through. <laughs> like my sister, like um, 
like my my dad's a pastor as well and um my sister reflects on her story of coming to faith by saying like you can't unhear it and i think that's you know god takes us on all kinds of interesting journeys and we derail ourselves in all kinds of interesting ways but yeah i think there's something really powerful about um like getting the good news of Jesus into people's heads and like where it goes from there is, you know, like God's got everyone on a different, on a different journey, but yeah. 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 Anyway. All right, Pre, let's, uh, but while we're, you know, let's actually get to the, you know, what happens at your youth group. If we can, yeah. we, I, I mean, I'd love to hear your story more, but this is the youth group podcast. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we've got to get to that. Firstly, your youth group, does it have a name? MBM Youth. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I know. Every, it's all about Very creative. saying what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no. And what happens at MBM Youth? Like on a on a regular week, if I was to mm. turn up as a young person, I'm not gonna turn up now. That'd be a weird <laughs> old man turning up. But uh what happens on a genuine normal week at youth group at MBM Youth? Yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, so um there are two things. So Friday nights is what we like to call like our a big open door. So whether you're coming from a Christian background or not, it's, you know, just everyone come on a Friday uh, and, our, you know, it's intentionally, um, you know, like to say outside of focus. So, you know, if someone has a ground in a, in a Christian environment, like we want to make it very accessible to, to them in the words that we use and, and what we're talking about and so on. So Friday nights, what it usually looks like goes from seven to nine thirty PM. Like leaders obviously get there a bit earlier to set up. Um, but when our youth uh, arrive, we like do community time for an hour. So hang out, have pizzas, just chill for about from seven to seven thirty. Uh, then from seven thirty to eight pm, we do a game. So the game's normally pretty big. Um, it's optional for seniors, so year nine to twelve. So that's sort of a change we made hmm. last year because we sort of found like you know trying to get our seniors involved, but they were just sort of sitting around watching. So. It's optional for seniors. We have like a separate senior space for them where we do like hot chocolates and, you know, just have a wee going or, and they just want to pretty much chat and chill. And then, yeah, for a lot of our juniors, they're into the game and, and going crazy for that. So that goes through 8 p.m. And then from 8 till 9, we go into our session. So go in, uh, sing a bunch of songs, um, do an upfront game. Always heaps of fun. Good stories there. <laughs> Uh, and then, um, then we do often a highlight interview. So with our highlight interviews, what we want to try and celebrate is, you know, what is God doing in our youth group, uh, and just hear those stories. So whether, you know, someone's become a Christian or someone's been baptized, uh, hear about someone running their lunchtime group, or just even, you know, someone who was struggling with their friend group and, you know, how God's transformed that friend group to, you know, be welcoming, uh, mm-hmm. to that youth. So just like highlighting, like, what does gospel transformation look like? This is what it looks like. And, and that, you know, the gospel is alive and transforming our youth lives. After that, then we'll go into the preach. And then if it's a split night, which is majority of the term, uh, that's sort of, sorry, we'd split before the preach. Juniors will go and they have a separate junior preacher and they will have a senior preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <coughs> excuse me, three nights of term, it's an all in. Hmm. Yep. Together, and then from nine to nine thirty, discussion groups. Okay, and, uh, and how big are each of those groups? Like you said, like if you're big enough to split and have two different speakers, I'm thinking. Um, 
So we're at we're probably about about sixty juniors, and then about eighty seniors. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a good size. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How many how many leaders does it take to for that many young people? Yeah. All of us we've got thirty seven. Uh, 37 leaders at the moment, uh, which is, is good. But again, like, you know, with like at the moment sickness going around and people here and there, um, it's always sort of fluctuating, but 37 on our books. And that's not just including our year group leaders, but we have, cause we do music and we have like volunteers coming in. There'll be leaders that come in that are just focusing, you know, on music or focusing on running the game. Yeah. And so on yep. as well. Yeah. Can I, um, come back to the, like the, the interview, what did you call it? The highlight? Highlight or, spot, yeah. Highlight spot. Um, how do you identify the young people to to interview? Like where, where do those mm. stories come from? Yeah, so one of our big things is like in our debrief meetings uh, with our leaders after, uh, we're really big on sharing stories. So, you know, anything to celebrate tonight, anything you've heard about what God's been doing, you know, through your youth lives, and that's where we get the names. So, you know, you hear about someone's becoming a Christian or something's happening in their school and, you know, how they stood up for Jesus, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always um, through communication that way. Yeah, that's really great. Mm. What does it look like? So, like, I walk into my youth group of, like, 25, 30 kids, and I know every single person by name unless they're visiting for the first time. And most of our leaders would have a similar level of, like, awareness of most of the youth. Mm-hmm. What do you do differently at like how do you make a big youth group small i guess is yeah yeah uh, like how do you make every kid how do you make sure that they all feel known even though there are so many of them yeah um so i think from my experience it kills me so i actually in my my previous youth group was around 20 to 30 and then came here and it's a you know bigger youth group and i'm a people person so not being Mm. able to know everyone like kills me um, and that's why there's like a big emphasis on our year group leaders uh, and their relationship with with their youth. And so yeah. not necessarily every youth will have, you know, know me as well. Um, but with their year group leaders, that's where, you know, a lot of the relational ministry is happening. So uh, one of the things we do is we have a thing called a growth tracker. So each year group leader has a list of the names of their, their youth in their group. And we just have sort of like steps along that growth tracker of, you know, is your youth a Christian or not? Are they feeling engaged? Um, you know, if not, why not? You know, where are they along with their faith? And so that sort of helps our youth group leaders be intentional with uh, the youth in their group. Where, mm. where does the where do you where do you, where does that exist? Your group tracker, like your growth growth tracker. tracker. Yeah, we've got on our we've got like a Google Drive, um, and so each um, each year group leader has access to it. Right. Yeah, and they they like will jump on and update it, and then you can go see what's what's going on. Yeah, so like once a term, they'll update it just to you know give us an idea of what's happening within their group. So like even recently, yesterday, I had a chat with a mum who um like one of our youth, like she's been sick, but no one's been in contact with her like mm-hmm. this last couple of weeks. And so you know that's something where I can sort of go to the grow tracker and just follow up a, a youth group leader and just just you know remind them um, this is what we're doing, right? Because I think one of the things that's guided me in youth ministry, but in ministry in general is, um, you know, what Paul says to the Thessalonians, not only did we share the gospel with you, but uh, also Mm -hmm. our lives. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I just think, um, I know you're going to ask me about like the tips later on, but that's probably like a foundational (laughs) thing um, for me is just Christian ministry is relational ministry. 
yeah. and I think yeah. it's just helping out helping out leaders uh, and our youth see that that we're not just you know turning up just to tick a box, but we we care about what's going on in their lives. We care about you know where they're at, um, and also we care about ultimately the thing is we want to tell them about Jesus. But even if they don't know Jesus, we're still going to love you, and we're still going to yeah. you know be there for you as well. And so I think that's yeah, it's a big part of um, what we try to do here. Yeah, I can go on about that. I had to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and w- when you're doing your teaching time, uh, what are, like what are the topics that you're teaching on? Particularly, you've got like an an outward focus. What is it? Mm. What are what are those topics? Yeah, so I actually started a shift in this. So we did have the focus of you know working through uh, New Testament book, the Gospel, Old Testament topical. Like that's what we, is our bread and butter. What we will do. But the way that we will try and do it is is shape it into like um, like questions. Like what question does this part of scripture we're looking at um, answer? And so we did John 1 to 5 at the beginning of this year. And then we talked about, you know, just come and see. And then looked at Jesus' encounters with people and, and see like the, the who he is and, you know, why he's come. Um, but I'm also um, shifting more like our, we're ending the year with two topical series. So we're going to do... Um, Rebecca McLaughlin's book, 10 Questions Every mm-hmm. Christian, Every Teen Should Ask About Christianity. So we're shaping that more into, and it's really different, like we're not going to be preaching but doing like a TED Talk style and just really answering those questions. Um, and then towards the end of the year, uh, in term four, we're going to be doing like a vision series of sort of thinking through um, where we come as MBM youth and where we're going to go and just thinking about the future, about um you know, why do we do what we do at MBM Youth? And, you know, wouldn't it be great to see what God can do in the future uh, and help our youth see that, you know, it's not just us as leaders that do this, but we're all doing this together. Mm. Um, yeah. How that's much what I answer a, your question. Mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, how much of a, like when that vision series, because mm. I've tried to do something similar at our youth group, how much of that is like setting a vision, like casting a vision yeah. and kind of, um, you know, setting an agenda for the youth um, and like trying to call them to get on board with it. And how much of that is like, I guess, built around the culture that already exists? Yeah, it's, it's largely built around the culture that exists. So, you know, with what MBM as a church has been doing, um, the vision of youth falls under that, but we sort of, what is contextualizing that vision within our youth group look like? So, our you know, our vision is to see lives transformed through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Our MBM youth vision is to see youth lives transformed through Jesus to the glory of God and helping mm-hmm. our youth think through, well, what does that look like here at Youth Group? What does that look like, you know, when you invite your friends along on a Friday night? Uh, what does it look like when we, when, you know, when you're living out at school or what does it look like in your in your time with God? Um, helping mm-hmm. them think through that stuff, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and so I'm, yeah. I'm working out as we go as well, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. And do you have like, sorry, just because this is um, something that I'm ticking over in my own mind at the moment. Do you have like, here are our five, like, do you have like vision goals or values or like, you like, how do you distill down? Mm. Here's what youth groups about in a way that is accessible to your youth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we do have like a framework that we think through. So like five, different purposes or areas that, you know, like we see from the Bible and we see it outworking in the church and so which we outwork here. So um, I'll just name them. So like growing deep in God's word. So helping our, our youth think through, you know, 
the Bible is the center of everything that we're doing and how's your maturity going that uh, mission. So seeing the lost saved, like that's a, a huge thing that we, we have to be honest Christians, um, not just staying in the Christian bubble, but actually going out, uh, loving one another. So community, what does good community look like? Um, serving. So not just coming and warming the seats, but how are we helping our youth actually get involved in serving? Uh, and then, um, the word that we use is magnification, but what that pretty much means is how throughout all of life are we helping our youth glorify God in everything that they mm. do? Like, mm. yeah, just uh, like another another word is like we use like God word attentive, attentiveness. So in everything yeah, cool. that they do, how are you bringing glory to God in that? And so often that outworks through, you know, the time where we're, we're singing and, you know, that's one of the ways we glorify God but not narrowing it down just to singing as well and thinking through, you know, the way that you do your homework when you're scrolling through TikTok, like how are you glorifying God in that as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, so those five purposes, they're like the filter that help us stay on track on what we're doing. And also it just helps us think through, are we missing anything? So like often, you know, we might be really good at growing our youth uh, and growing deep in God's word, but we haven't seen anyone come to know Jesus in the last two, three years. And it sort of should be a flag of, nah, we actually need to think through this mission aspect as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we might be seeing heaps of our youth coming to know Jesus, but none of them are serving. And so it just always just keeps you thinking through. There's always going to be like mm. some aspect where, you know, hey, this is going a bit weak at the moment, but it just helps you give, uh, gives you a good framework to think through. Yeah, great. Yeah. And uh, you said you've got, like this is like Friday night's the outward mm. focused part. What what's what's the other part of your Yeah, so we got our, our youth Bible studies, which are called G Teams. Um so they run on Sundays and also uh so Sundays in the Sunday mornings is for our juniors. So during the service when the kids go out to kids' church, our youth come out and we do a youth Bible study. Uh mm-hmm. and then on the Sunday night is where our year nine to 12. So they meet just before our, our evening service uh, and have their, their youth growth group then. Uh, and some seniors are split throughout the week. So depending on, because we have a lot of youth that their parents might not come to church as well. Sometimes the Sundays don't work for them. And so some meet on the Friday just before youth or yeah, another time during the week as well. And so sort of how we structure that is that our Bible studies follow what we're doing on a Sunday as a whole church. So that way there's also like one of our values is for a youth that do come to church and have families in church, we want them to be talking about the same thing that their parents have just heard, you know, in the sermon. And so our Bible studies follow our Sunday sermon series, whereas Fridays we do our own thing. And that's the different series that just youth does. Yeah, um, and yeah. I suspect you may have halfway answered this already, but um, what do you do then about if you're pulling your youth out on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. is that just the just the juniors that come out of church and then your seniors stay in the church service? Yeah, but we there would be like a small percentage of seniors in our in our morning service. Um, uh-huh. Like when I say small percentage, I probably think about three or four or five. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So the majority will be coming to our, our 5 p.m. service. Ah, uh-huh. and so what does the okay? So because my question was going to be about what do you do about transitioning kids from those um, Bible studies into the like main church service? But is it the case that they come on 
like the ones that come in the morning then come again at night or how does that yeah that's historically um that's how it's worked and, and what we're really trying to do is like uh one of the things we say to our to our youth parents is that remember we're partnering with you in discipling your kids so don't see us mm-hmm. as the main disciples but um you have your youth 90% of the time, you know, we have them 10% yeah. of the time. So let's work at this yeah. together. So we do sort of a talk at the end of the year uh, where we talk to our, our senior. So say when they transition from uh, year eight to year nine, I'd say, you know, we'd really encourage you to come as a family to the 5 p.m. service, especially if this is, you know, or, or even get your youth to the 5 p.m. service because this is where their peer yeah. group's going to be. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's sort of the transition thing. So it's not like, a formal process, but it's more of just like, we're really encouraging parents to, to think through that way. And so far it's working. Great. Yeah. Uh, and and there are, there are, sorry, there are seniors in our morning services and sometimes you'll see them come into both because the rest of the family are going to the morning, they'll turn up and go in the morning, but then they'll also be there at night as well because they've gone to their growth group beforehand and then yeah, right. come to the service after. That's a, that's great. That's a, that's a lot of church on mm. that Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Sundays are huge. Um, yeah, and and so that's it. That's a, a week for you. What are the kind of like big things that happen like throughout your year as a youth group? Yeah. So um, in January we go to uh, we send sort of you know how I thought we talked about like the one of the purpose areas is serving and mm-hmm. um, so we think through. Whichever youth, you know, are Christians and are maturing, and then we send them to LIT, which is a Leaders in Training camp that YouthWorks mm-hmm. run. So we do that in January. So just intentional about, it's not advertised to the whole youth group, but just key youth that we think, hey, you know, we see uh, we see you going, you know, in a good direction and showing leadership skills um, and send them to that. Uh, and then our big one is we do our, our youth camp in August, sorry, in August, April. Um, mm-hmm. So that's called the launch. Uh, and so, yeah, that's where, so we got MBMs, like, um, we have a bunch of campuses. So we've got one more campus. We've got two campuses, three campuses at the moment, but one campus doesn't have a youth group going yet. So that's where we're sort of saying the campus, uh, in Parramatta and Rudy Hill, you know, this is our camp for all of MBM. Let's all sort of go together to this. Uh, and that's historically we've seen you know most of our a lot of our youth uh, become christians you know getting mm-hmm. away you know camp ministry right going away mm-hmm. you're away from regular rhythm of life and yeah it's amazing so yeah we had so yeah 11 of our youth became christians this year on that camp so it was amazing and yeah. um great yeah always just always a highlight and then towards the end of the year we do so we start our youth group from year six to year 12 so we're now year fives uh are finishing off we invite them to the last term of youth group and we have sort of a talk to parents and say this is what youth group is all about um and i just you know from the bible just sort of sh- talk through how for our youth like this is the the years that they're going to go into in their teenage years is the most impressionable years that they're going to have they're going to pick up habits and you know uh have frameworks that are with them for a lifetime and so this is what we're trying to help them do through youth group, have a Christian framework about how they're thinking through things uh, and ultimately that they'll have a strong relationship with Jesus. Um, so that's our year five and then a year 12 transition as well. So thinking through how we're helping our year 12s sort of move from youth group has been like a big part of our life through to like adult growth groups and then 
making sure they're regularly in church and stuff like that as well. So those are sort of like the big things that we're also doing throughout thinking throughout the year for our youth. I think yeah. those connection points are really important. I just, like we were talking before we started recording about the primary age kids ministry mm. stuff, like the holiday programs that we've been doing at both of our churches. And that's like a significant question mark for us is like, how do you bridge those primary school students into youth groups and stuff? And mm. I think, yeah, that's, um, I feel like that's really key. And I guess my question is like, what have you found works really well in terms of making those transitions like, I guess, just effective? Like, how do you, what what have you found helpful in kind of like keeping hold of those kids that um, might not be like deeply integrated into your church and mm. so need some kind of like how do you integrate those kids and keep them from falling off yeah yeah um so i'm assuming you'd be talking more about the year 12 kids right because the year fives are going to come with their parents anyway like those that are are in church um because that's where we see a a lot of them come through unless they're coming through our scripture classes you know and they're coming from like non-church backgrounds um but if it is you're talking about year fives as well our um so we i oversee you we also got a kids pastor as well we work yeah. tightly together in making sure that we're both communicating to parents and that that transition is happening. So from the start of the year, parents are made aware of like, this is a transition into, into youth for our year fives. For our year 12s and our seniors, um, I think like it's an American stat, but I think they say like 60 to 70% of youth drop out, you know, after year 12, like stop coming yeah. to church. And um, so one of the things that we've been really working on intentionally is doing uh, for our year 12s a bunch of socials throughout the year. So we just had one a couple of weeks ago. We just had a bonfire barbecue. And I think it's creating that community, peer community with them, which is yeah. what keeps them coming as well. So it's like it's their friends that they're like they're keeping each other accountable. Like, hey, you're going to come to this. Mm-hmm. Are you coming to church? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there's any like formal process. But again, I'll, I'll go back to what I was saying about Christian ministries, relational ministry. Um, yeah. I hope like I hope our youth are seeing that. Um, we're there, not just because I'm there, not just because I'm paid to be here, but actually because I love you and I yeah. and I want to see you guys have a, a a solid relationship with Jesus. And that's why, you know, I'm here on a Saturday night hanging out with you at a bonfire, having a barbecue, because yeah. this is a relationship. Like you're my brother and sister in Christ, and we're going to yeah. be doing this journey together. And so I think it's it's making that really obvious to them as well, because they when they go yeah. from like. Yeah, I would even say from year nine, from year nine to 12 is like they sort of want to be start being treated as young adults, not as kids anymore. And so I think it's, mm. you know, you always want to have that boundary of you're still their leader. Uh, and for me, I'm still their pastor and, and make, and you know, there's that boundary there, but also letting them see like, but I am your brother in Christ as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. And I, think I rambled I, a bit then. No, no, no. That was all great. And I think that, um, yeah, like that is one of the real advantages of doing what you guys do, which is like splitting junior and senior, because it is a different thing, you know. Mm. Um, we're just about like we let our year sixes in mid-year, so we're just about to get a fresh injection mm. of our youngest youth. And man, do our year 11 and 12s notice <laughs> the arrival of those kids, you know, <laughs> like it just is. And every year I'm like, man, they just get younger all the time 
but they don't. It works the other way. But yeah, like I think that <laughs> having that like demarcation strikes me as being really helpful in terms of there is like a a like a really obvious break point between like I guess it's an opportunity to to do some new things and to make it a bit of a moment for um, the youth as well to say, okay, you're in like you're one of our seniors now. Here's what is different. You know, here's what that can look like and here's what we want to mm. encourage you up into. So like I guess what does that look like? Um, what do you do at that transition point? Yeah, sorry. So from like our – Sorry, let me rephrase yeah. the question. Um, when <laughs> your kids that. move from being – Siri was just um, answering you. <laughs> oh, great. Neither of you got it, so I guess I really do need to rephrase. Um, when – is there anything that you do in that transition point from juniors to seniors in your youth group to mark that point? And is there – like are there ways that you encourage them to kind of go deeper or lean in in some way? Yeah. Um, it's uh, There's no official way. So you're not having like a, a separate thing to say here's a transition, but – um, like say when our year eights for the, so term four, so not this term, next term, they'll start joining our senior session then. So they'll, they'll mm-hmm. come into that. Uh, and our year group leaders will be chatting to them about that of saying, Hey, you know, this year we're going to be joining our seniors next year. Here's what it's going to look like. And by the time they're in year eight, there's not much convincing that they want to go to, to seniors. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're wanting to come and be in the senior space at the start of this year as well. But just to clarify as well, we're not running two separate youth groups. Sure. We're still all in together. And so say in the start of the session, we're all singing together. We're all here in the same highlight spot. It's just the preaching and stuff that we separate for uh-huh. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So we're still predominantly together. Um, but it's just like, like I said, with the games and stuff that we'll probably touch in a senior sermon, we won't preach in our junior sermons as well. Yeah. So they're still all together. So, yeah. In terms of that, there's no official transition thing. We're just helping them think through, you know, you're going to start coming into uh, the senior space uh, in term four and helping our year group leaders walk with them through that as well. Cool. Let's uh, move into just hack land or tips land. <laughs> you've got a decade of youth group experience. What are, If you've got any tips, hacks you want to share for yeah. those listening. Um, yeah, I don't think I have like, here, here's five tips to make your youth group banging or anything like that, but things that I've learned, um, yeah. I think like the, the thing that I was saying before about just being intentional about everything you do in youth ministry. So having those five purposes that we think through, um, it just helps you not to just like turn up to youth and be like, well, I'm just going to run through the same thing that we do, have been doing for the last couple of years, but it's actually intentionally thinking, you know, what are we doing? And you know, for example, um, with our love, like loving in community and our community space, if we see that our community space isn't going well, being intentional about it would help me see, okay, what do I need to stop doing in order mm. to make sure that this community thing is going well? Um, if I see, and also thinking about how those five purposes are interconnected, right? So, for example, if we see that we don't see a lot of our youth inviting their friends along to youth group, Maybe I need to be asking the question, is there something in our community space that's not working where there's no trust for them to invite their friends along? Mm-hmm. Or with our preaching, are we preaching in a way that's too shallow and they're not convicted, you know, to to bring their, their friends along? Or 
am I using words like sanctification and justification or the, sh- the shins that no, none of their friends are going to understand. You know what I mean? Not that that's wrong. And we, of course, it is a space for us wanting to um, help them understand, you know, the, those words. But at the same time, it's just being intentional about how we're doing that. So I think that, that would just be a, a tip. And so that intentionality like draws out into, um, you know, the games that you play. Like, are you putting effort into games and, you know, making sure that they're games that are fun and not too cringy? Um, are you intentional in the stuff that you're doing up front? Like, is it, um, you know, are you just doing thing as a leader that you thought was funny that was 10 years ago that has no relevance to our youth today? So it's just been intentional through those things. Um, you know, a lot of the pushback I would get towards that sometimes is that are you just trying to, you know, say with our music and wanting our music to be done well, are you just doing that to have a performance? Uh, and no, like it's not doing doing it to, to have a performance. It's actually because we love God and because we love our youth, we just want to give our best. And it's not mm-hmm. saying that it's going to be the best music all the time, but I'm going to give the best that I can. And we're asking our leaders and our youth to give, give the best that they can. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think being intentional, I've got a couple here. Do you want me just to, to go through them? What's yeah, that yeah. time looking like? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> big one for me is mission heat. So, you know, well, I think about like the, at the end of Acts, right? Acts 28, 28, and it says, um, what does it say? Like, go, go to the Gentiles and they will listen. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not like they might listen or they'll listen if you do it a certain way. It's like they will listen. And so I think it's this expectation um, of when the gospel is preached, right, that we should expect to see youth becoming Christians. And so I think mm-hmm. creating that culture within our youth and among our leaders are saying, you know, there is an expectation that we want to see our youth become Christians. And so, you know, we might set a goal and say we want to see 20 youth become Christians next year. Now, we can do all that we can on our side of, you know, preaching the gospel, making it accessible to our youth. But having a goal that helps us work towards something and ultimately not only God's going to transform people's hearts, but at the same time, um, yeah, we want to be working towards something as well and gives us sort of something to work to work towards. And so I think just keeping that mission eat helping. And so that's like, you know, the highlights spots I talked about before. When someone becomes a Christian, you know, we want to celebrate that. And when other youth sort of see, hey, you know, my friend became a Christian, like they want to invite there are other friends to come to come along as well, uh, or they might not be a Christian and they want to, you know, become a Christian. Like we, at the moment, we've just been celebrating a bunch of our youth getting baptized, um, mm. and like the last three months, we've had like eight or nine of our youth baptized. They've been Christians for a while, just never got baptized. So just things like that is just helping them, you know, keep keeping that mission keep going. Um, mm. And the other one I was saying is like is invest in your leaders. I think that's like a, a huge thing. So when I'm talking about leaders, I'm not talking about the youth, but like our youth leaders. So I think with a big team, um, yeah, I found that if our leaders aren't healthy, you're not going to have a healthy youth group. And so I think as youth pastors, and, I, I, you know, often people will say the things that, you know, that I talk about, you only do that because you're just a big youth ministry, but I've also been in a small youth ministry and these things are just as important. Like you just have two other youth group leaders with you. Mm spend time investing in them and, you know, how are they going with their walk with Jesus? You know, how are they going living a life of integrity? How are you helping them develop the skills that they need to lead youth? Because if they're going well, uh, your your youth are going to be loved, your youth are going to be cared for. And so I think, you know, intentionally investing uh, in, in the leaders that you have. That's yeah. good, man. And last one, have fun. 
don't yeah. forget to have fun. Uh, sometimes I like, <laughs> I meet with people today. And I'm like, why are you so serious? And like, I know we've got to be safe in youth group, but like push it a little bit as well. Like just, you know, in the sense of like the games that we play and stuff like that, it's just like kids want to have fun. They're like, you know, you don't want to make youth group seem like school as well. Yeah. Um, so I think just remember to have fun and remember like it's such a privilege that in our country we get to do this. Like so many people around the world don't get like, they'd be amazed at the fact that we can gather on a Friday night and on Sundays and open the word, you know, open the word, go through it and play games. So never forget, like, yeah, I think often sometimes we, you know, talk to people and they're like, talk about how they're dead after a Friday night. And I know physically it is draining. Like I'm getting older now and I just (laughs) feel dead on a Saturday morning. I've got two like little kids. So in the morning I'm like dead. Mm. But at the same time, I could get up and like I pinch myself thinking, man, I get to do this as a job. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's yeah, it's certainly I find the the privilege of getting to hang out with teenagers and and their energy and desire for fun keeps me coming back even though I'm you know, I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm probably the least tired person to turn up to youth group on a Friday <laughs> night and I'm still tired. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. Uh I think we we uh, need to wrap it up pretty soon, but I, I wanted to ask you about um, your your church has clearly a multicultural focus. It's yeah. in the name. Um, yeah. What is it? How does that work itself out in your youth group? The this multicultural focus. Yeah, um, yeah. So in our, our mission statement as a church, right, we say that our, our mission is we exist to reach the multicultural west of Sydney. And so even putting that multicultural in and not just saying we want to reach the people of Western Sydney, but multicultural, Mm. it straight away gives you like an image of this is what we're trying to do. And that also, you know, seeps into and shapes everything we do as a youth group. Um, Obviously, the location that we're in, like in in Rudy Hill, um, in Parramatta, the nations have come to us. And so mm. in a sense, like that, well, that, that is one of the reasons why we do see, you know, we have over 70 different cultures um, represented at MBM, but that isn't the only reason we're intentional about how we run our gatherings, uh, like our youth gatherings in thinking through, you know, the people up front, are they just of one race or are mm. there different races up there that, so, you know, for me, like Indian background, if I walk on, into a youth group and see, another brown person on stage, there's just this instant connection. It's just optical, all that, but there's just a connection straight away of like, hey, mm. you know, it's just like when I walk past the street, you walk a bunch past the white people and you walk past the one brown guy and, you know, you both give each other the nod. It's just that there's like that I connection. Don't, there. I, don't, I don't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you don't nod every time you see another white person in Melbourne, Tom? Oh, uh, no, yeah. With the white people, I, do. I don't nod at brown people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, just, I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, I can't, I'll stop for it. Um, but you know what I mean, right? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's that. Um, but so we also, um, when we're, when we're preaching, like we give them that, that vision that you see uh, in revelation as well. So that's just within everything that we do when we're talking about, um, when we're doing our highlight spots or celebrating like different cultures, when we're, um, we know talking about heaven, like we always talk about the nations represented, right? Not just your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you give them that picture in Revelation where 
there's countless people of, you know, every tribe, every tongue represented there. And so I think within everything we're doing, it's in the language that we, that we, that we use. And so I'll be very surprised if anyone of an MBM youth would just be expecting to see one race in heaven. You know what I mean? Because it's just yeah. in, in everything that, that we're, we're talking about. Uh, but also we do, um, so our global partners, we call them, there are missionaries that our church supports. We call them global partners because of the term missionary in certain countries, it's just unhelpful. Yeah. Um, so with our global partners, we do hi- like highlight spots for in our growth group, in our youth Bible studies and in our Friday nights to help them see that the gospel isn't just for Australia, but actually for the world. And yeah. so we're talking about those different cultures and, you know, we have um, people who are in Southeast Asia. We have people who are in the Northern Territory um, and we're just talking about the different cultures and how the gospel is there. So. Again, they're seeing, hey, the gospel isn't just for, you know, me and and my family, but it's for everyone. Um, mm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, again, like I'd I, I rounded back to just being intentional about it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought like, so I grew up in a, a pretty wide area, St. Pitt Town. Like I was like the only colored guy there for a number of years. Um but now there are more and more people, you know, coming into that area. And you can see that happening that old church has been is like when they're intentional about, hey, we know that there are more people coming to this area. How are we thinking about um, reaching out to these people um, mm-hmm. to get them into our church? It's just just thinking through that. And it might be, I mean, I mean, as, as youth pastors probably don't have so much say over this, but I think it's helping our, our senior pastors think through that stuff as well and mm. them driving it from the top will help help the whole church do it together as well yeah mm. uh, yeah so. would you um do you have any other ideas about say you've got a like a youth group that doesn't reflect the community that it's in mm. would you have any ideas like if you're going to take one or two like first steps towards so having a youth group that does reflect the multicultural community it's in, assuming that's in that multicultural community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any ideas of what, what you could do, particularly maybe if, um, yeah, yeah, I guess one of the things I'm thinking about is when you're looking for leaders, say um, one of the things you might have in the back of your mind is like, you know, you want people who love Jesus. Well, that should be the front of your mind. You want people who love Jesus, love young people, but then you're like, Oh, I'm also thinking, looking for leaders that are a more diverse group of leaders. Yeah. Um, and and if you've got an extra, that's a whole kind of extra thing to add on. Um, yeah. Any, any ideas on what, what might be some good steps, quick steps to be taking or maybe not quick, but yeah. Good steps. Um, I think I'm looking around your community and thinking through like, what are the different cultures that are represented here? Um, mm-hmm. So you know, for example, there's a suburb like near us that is there's heaps of Indians moving into the area, right? Uh, and so I think it's maybe then trying to understand, okay, understand the Indian culture a bit more. But just a, like a simple thing that I, I just think of is like, um, you know, you might want to say that on a on a Friday night in our hangout time, we're just pr- playing soccer, right? A lot of Indian mm-hmm. kids are into cricket; they're not into soccer. And mm-hmm. so maybe why don't you just start playing cricket? <laughs> on a Friday night yeah. and that's something that you've thought about their culture, something they're interested in and it's just helping you take that one step of getting them there, do you know what I mean? Uh, and, yeah. you know, 
is getting them there and the gospel will do its work. But I think once you start getting a, a few people, uh, you know, a few different cultures in, they will start inviting their friends, friends mm-hmm. along as well. Um, but again, it's just been intentional about that at the start. Um, and, you know, even growing, like, so when I moved to Australia, like I said, lived in a very white part, there was a very like us and them language used, you know, mm-hmm. and not intentionally being racist or anything like that. But where I grew up, that was just like, you know, would even um, have people say to me like, or you, you people, you know, things like that. And mm-hmm. I know that we like people don't intentionally say that stuff. But I think it's just watching even our leaders and our youth and helping them think through, hey, is the language that we're using, is the jokes that we're saying, is that welcoming to other cultures or not? Um, you know, a simple thing, of course, there's a big Islamic uh, community in Rudy Hill. Um, when we read the Bible up on stage, uh, placing that on the ground is offensive to them. You know, so if, yeah. if someone, a, a music leader was uh, read the Bible, put it down, it's like that would be offensive for you to put a holy book onto the ground. So we just mm. put it on a stool instead. You know, just little things like that. You're just being culturally aware of if someone from another culture came here, would they feel welcomed? Would they would they feel accepted? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's so good, man. Yeah, I feel like. We need to get you back, man, because I've been biting my tongue for the last 20 minutes with all these follow-up questions, just knowing we don't have time. Um, But yeah, man, like that's, I think it is, like I'm just reflecting on, you know, our, so I'm in the inner west of Sydney. It's pretty, you know, um, it's a, it's a big white privilege area um, that I'm living in. And it is, it's interesting trying to think like, because I know that there are plenty of other people around, but they're not necessarily coming to our youth group. So trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to make it a space that they do want to be at? What do we? What can we do to, I guess, break through that thing that I think still exists in a lot of Australia, that it's kind of like it's the Western religion, it's the yeah. white people's religion, which is like couldn't be further from the truth, but it's, yeah, and I, I am... I feel like I still have so much to learn about the ways that I am probably explicitly trying not to reinforce that, but maybe implicitly reinforcing that in the way that I'm running things just because of my, um, the assumptions that I'm making without even realizing I'm making them. So I'd love to, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just voicing out loud in a public forum that I need to think more about that so I can have, our podcast listenership hold me accountable to it, but yeah, no, it's been, it, it feels like it's been a really kind of helpful starting point kind of just hearing from you on that stuff. So that's, yeah, thank you. We're still, it. yeah. Oh, no, it's, yeah. It's been great hanging out with you guys as well. We'd love to yeah, chat more and hang out, but I think like also like we don't have it all together either. It's no mm-hmm. over 30, like MBM's 32 years now. It, it's just been learning uh, you know, from those that have gone before us and us, you know, standing on their shoulders as well. Mm-hmm. So again, we're not doing things perfectly. There's, you know, a sure. bunch of stuff that we're learning, but yeah, I think like, remember, I think, you know, you're in the inner West, you're in Melbourne, like we're all on the same team and reaching people together. And so I think, yeah, I think it's like being encouraged by that as well. <laughs> you're reaching people that I can't. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, it is, you know, a multicultural church for a multicultural world. Right. And yeah. I think, I don't want to 
let myself off the hook for stuff that I shouldn't let myself off the hook for. But I think it's also important to go like, yeah, there is a, like we're a body. And part of that is, you know, there's a whole different, I like a bunch of ways that that manifests. And I guess I want to go away and think a bit more about what the like multiculturalness of that body means for the way that we, um, yeah, like move forward and, and seek to reach the world. Mm, yeah, no, for sure. It's cool, man. All right. Well, thanks, Pre. We've really loved chatting to you. Um, yeah, and so much good stuff in there for us to be mm-hmm. thinking about. Uh, I think I'm going to, yeah, the stu- uh, stuff I'm thinking about is definitely like that That stuff you talked about is thinking through what what does your youth group look like for someone from a different culture who might turn up and what are they going to see? Um, what are the things that's going to make it more accessible? But also, um, yeah, I think I'm definitely challenged to be thinking through like just the stuff about like being really intentional about, <clears throat> sorry. Um, oh no, this happens all the time. <laughs> what a shortage of podcast this week. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think I'm back. Just, I don't know why I drank as well and just like created dead air rather than covering for you, man. Anyway, I'm going to think about, um, you know, being more hydrated when I do a podcast. It's good, man. It's important. <laughs> um, but also just be thinking about like just the question of, you know, if we're not seeing young people come to know Jesus say, well, then what are the things, the particular things that we need to be looking at in the way that we run our youth group, the way that we mm. might be preaching, what are we saying to the young people? Um, all of those things are like good things to be really intentional and reflecting on. So, yeah, thanks so much for your time. And uh, Thanks for having sure. you on. It's been great. Yeah, it's been good. Well, Cheers, um, mate. we'll catch you around. See ya. Whoa! And we're back. We're back. <laughs> that was a great interview. It sure was. And I, for the first time... Um, recording one of these post-interview outros, I say that with confidence, having actually heard and been a part of the interview. Yeah. Um, I think we should get pre back again. Don't know if we said that in the interview itself. You Probably did. we did. You said in the interview, I, yeah. I couldn't remember when you stopped recording. But yeah. I agree with myself from 10 minutes ago. We should. We should get him back. Well, maybe we will. But, you know, maybe for our, you know, 98th birthday or something I don't know, that's about a year and a bit's time, isn't it? Can we, for our 100th episode, get a 100-year-old um, ex-youth leader to talk about how it was done back in his or her day? I think that would be great. Sure. We might have to start the search now, but I'm happy to Well, if to we look for a 99-year-old, then by the that's... time we get to 100, they might too. Well, I do know a lot of ex-youth leaders who are 99, so I think I should be able to line it Maybe up. Maybe we can introduce... Maybe we can interview um, two 50-year-olds and then it can add up to 100. Yeah, I'm sure that they're easier to find. Or a 98-year-old and a baby. Yep, yep, can do all those. We can do, we'll, we'll try anything. All Great. right, is, that, is this the end? Are we done? I feel like <laughs> um, as much as I said after we recorded the interview, this was worth being a double-length episode. This current part of the conversation is not helping my case. So, All right. is it time for the music, Tom? It's time for the music. If, oh, let's if have it will indeed play, let's see. Come on, if Tom. We can get you can do ha- this. Let's give it a try. We've been doing this for nearly six months now. It's it's the platform. When I press play, it doesn't have it. Like I've got a lot of spinning things right now. Oh, am I pretending? 
Just pretend until it, it might just start at some well, point. Well, thank you for listening to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast. For more information about Tom and his things, go to tomfrench.com.au and um, chrismorphy.com. Now the music is, listen to it. There it is. Yay. <laughs> Nailed it again.